In the lectionary, the way it is set up is that the Old Testament reading, our first reading, points toward what is fulfilled in the gospel. And this week we get even more parallels because the Old Testament reading closely parallels another Old Testament reading. So in the book of the prophet Nehemiah, what we have historically is the Jewish people returning to Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile and reestablishing and rebuilding the temple. And in that moment, after these years of exile and hardship, where many of the Jewish tribes were lost, they come together and they are reminded of the covenant God has made with the Jewish people through the law. And as we heard in that reading, they rejoice and they are so overwhelmed that they are reduced to tears. This reading from the book of the prophet Nehemiah closely parallels Deuteronomy. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, after 40 years of wandering with the people in the desert, as they are preparing to go into the promised land, rereads to them and reminds them of the covenant, the law God has made with his chosen people. And in that moment of anticipation, they are reminded of God's grandeur and love for them. And again, we see this in the gospel. This is how wonderful and beautiful our readings are today. That this, we are reminded after a struggle, after a difficulty of God's love for us and the fulfillment of his promise. And today, in the gospel, we are reminded not of how God fulfills his promise through a law, but through a person. Through not just the word on the page, but the incarnate word of God Jesus Christ, that such is God's love for us, that he never stops seeking after us. And in fact, he goes in and he comes down and diminishes himself so that we might be lifted up to him. And in the same way that the people in that synagogue in Nazareth heard those words and Jesus said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, so too that is active and present for us because the word of God is alive, brothers and sisters. The word of God is living and effective, the letter to the Hebrews reminds us, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is not some empty or dead word on a page. He is alive and risen from the dead. And every time we encounter this word of God, the living word of God, whether that be in scriptures, whether that be in the sacraments, whether that be in prayer or in finding Jesus in another human being, we are changed and made new. A few years ago, Pope Francis asked the church to celebrate on this third Sunday of ordinary time, the Sunday of the Word of God, in which we are reminded and encouraged and exhorted, frankly, to immerse ourselves in Scripture, to encounter every day the living Word of God in His revelation in the Bible. But not only that, because we believe that the Word of God is also a person and alive, to challenge ourselves to see how are we going out and encountering and being made new by the Word of God every day. Not just in some sort of study or setting our side apart, but in our everyday life. Because the Word of God given to us, revealed to us, should not only change us in one moment of our life, 
It should lead to a life of continuous conversion and renewal, of being made new, of breathing in that beautiful word of God, of being transformed and converted in sometimes in no unknowable ways, but then going out and sharing that with the world. Now, I have to admit, though, there is a challenge to this. As beautiful and wonderful as it is, oftentimes we don't feel the change that an encounter with the Word of God imparts upon us. If we did, every time we received Holy Communion, we would be reduced to just utter confusion and bewilderment and awe. If we truly understood and truly knew what it was like to encounter and be changed by God, when we received the living Word of God in communion, we would be reduced to utter weeping and and just blowing our minds, our hearts would just be totally transformed and transfixed. But... I'm a priest, and I know that I was once a layperson. That's not always our experience. That's not always how we feel. Because God works in mysterious ways. He sometimes works in extraordinary ways, where we are reduced to tears, like we heard in that first reading from the book of Nehemiah. But oftentimes, it's a slow revelation a changing of our heart, our attitude, our mind toward another person, toward an idea. Over time, we start to see and revel in the mystery of not only our own life, but of the incarnation, that our life is an incarnational manifestation of the Word of God, that it's something that is being revealed to us in time, in person, and on our terms also. God loves us so much that He comes to us and works with us and in our reality so that he can call us and change us to something greater, to something more. But we don't often feel it. But perhaps even more so than that in our own experience of God, we don't often just settle into who we truly are meant to be. Right? We, we look to sports or things like that, and everybody wants to be the quarterback or the superstar. Not everybody wants to be the left guard, the unknown person. But for a team to be successful, they need that person, whoever he or she is, to do that role successfully and well, even if nobody recognizes it. And so too in the church, we must recognize that we are each uniquely gifted and called. In the history of creation, there is no one exactly like you. And that is why we believe that from conception until natural death, every life is essential is necessary, deserves protection and support in every conceivable way. We are called because St. Paul reminds us to be great in the fact that each one of us has unique gifts to contribute. But if you're anything like me, you don't want to be a toenail or a hair follicle. You want to be the heart. You want to be the head. You want to be the hands or the feet. You want to be something great. But God calls us in who we are, to be great. We can think that because I'm not as smart or athletic or as beautiful or as successful, that somehow my life doesn't matter or isn't as important. But it is in the small sacrifices. It is in the total gift of self of each and every one of us in our own unique way that makes this mystical body of Christ so beautiful. And it helps us also to encounter the Word of God in each other. 
We can think so often in our lives that God is over there, I'm over here, and somehow God will just reach down and find me in this moment. He'll lift me out of my reality. But brothers and sisters, through your baptism, you have been made another Christ. Mother Teresa was, re- was known for every morning exhorting the sisters, you have just seen Jesus in the Eucharist, you have just spent time with him, go see Jesus in the poor. Our life of being a part of the body of Christ, of encountering the word of God, requires time set apart for prayer, but also time of service, where we are looking for and engaging and encountering the word of God, living and effective among us. Not some sort of pie-in-the-sky God, but a God who dwells with us, in us, and moves among us and in our hearts. The Word of God is living and effective. It is moving. He is moving in each and every one of us. He is calling us to something greater. He is, in our presence, right now, fulfilling the prophecies. Fulfilling your heart's greatest desires. Be not afraid of who you are or what you're called to be. Just faithfully be who God has made you to be. Faithfully follow after His teachings, His love. Faithfully receive the sacraments and pray. Faithfully serve and serve those especially who are in need. Because the Word of God is here among us. The Word of God is living and effective. The Word of God is one with us, perfectly and sacramentally united to us. For today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing.